Hi, I'm Laura. Hey, I'm Stefan, and you're listening to Attributed, a podcast library by Dream Data. The purpose of it is to store and share all the knowledge that we have gathered across Dream Data employees through our LinkedIn Lives, podcasts, and webinars. The typical topics you'll find here can be stuff like marketing, sales, B2B ads, operations, social selling, maybe. Hello, hello, everybody, and hello, Camille. For everybody who's online and don't know you yet, Camille, you have an agency, 42, which is very creative. What is your elevator pitch of you and your agency? Ah, good. Okay, so our elevator pitch is we combine performance brand and RevOps under one roof. A lot of agencies either do performance, either do brand, or either do RevOps, and I think those are all... Uh, they should all be connected. So we help uh, growth stage companies with performance marketing. We also include brand in there because we call it performance branding. So we help with creatives and uh, all that fun stuff. And then we also do RevOps. That's amazing. That's like everything in one place. Let's connect yes. all the dots together. <laughs> That's how we like it. That's really cool. Camille and everybody online, welcome. So we're going to talk about how to reach your target audience on LinkedIn for B2B ads, generating leads, boosting ROI. And I want to touch a little bit about social and creativity at the end. So this is what 30 minutes is for. Camille is going to drop all the bombs the way he's working with their clients. All right. So let's start with B2B, LinkedIn ads, and reaching the target audience. How do you think about that targeting? So I think before we talk about LinkedIn and reaching the target audience, you have to think about who is your target audience, figure out your ICP, and I don't just mean like personas, marketing Mary, and she's 25 and she does this. I think I like you actually have to dig into like, I mean, no, nothing against personas, but I think you have to dig into firmographics, demographics. Oh, yes. Who is that lovely person? <laughs> what do you think? You'll have to ask Camille about demand creation. Yes, we're going to talk about that as well. Whoever it is, because it's not always LinkedIn shows. It might be Tara. I don't know. I'm not sure. But okay. We'll figure that out. Good. Target audience. So I think figuring out who your target audience is, what they care about, what the universe looks like. And then on LinkedIn, because it's a primarily a B2B network, you can do it multiple ways. You can use LinkedIn's native targeting, like job titles, companies. Groups is an interesting one. A lot of people don't consider groups for LinkedIn targeting. I highly recommend looking at it because especially if you're trying to reach a niche audience that doesn't like have a clear cut job title. Oh, because... <laughs> Uh, if they don't have a clear-cut job title, then groups is an interesting one. Uh, LinkedIn also has a very extensive library of product interests. So product interest is super, super great if you're going after, like we've seen success with product interest for learning and development software, HR software, like, you know, really specific categories of software that people might be interested in in market for that is bucketed under product interest. And then obviously you can upload custom audiences, pull a list from Apollo, Zoom Info, your conferences. We went to Saster, so we're working on a list of Saster to upload that. Uh, the one thing to keep in mind is that on LinkedIn, if it's a smaller target audience, your CPM is going to be high. So that's fine because you're sort of competing against like a group of 1500 people. Uh -huh. And in that case, it's you don't want to be bidding on conversions directly because the smaller the audience is, the less likely you're going to get direct conversions out of it. So for smaller audiences, we usually recommend doing like a reach-based or web visits or something more top of funnel because 
if you get an average of 1% conversion, 1500 people, you're not going to get any, like you're only going to get 1% conversion. So it's better to get your message across to all those people in a very consistent way. Keep an eye on frequency. But if it's a larger audience, then you can do conversion-based campaigns. All right. And now you mentioned target audience and uploading the lists or events. Can you dig a little bit deeper on not just the pieces, what you could do on LinkedIn, but how do you build your target audience or help your clients to do that? Yes. So there's multiple ways. Uh, we use a tool called clay.com that automates a lot of your data scraping stuff. So it's like a spreadsheet, but it has like different integrations. So you can automate a Google search. You can pull in LinkedIn data into there. So if you have a list of companies and you want to get their profiles, instead of going out and Googling, you put in the spreadsheet and you enable the Google integration and pulls in your search query and then pulls in your uh, URL from there. You might have a list of conference identities. You want to upload them into LinkedIn, but you want to find their LinkedIn profiles. You can use Clay for that. You can go to ZoomInfo, build an audience of like companies within 500 employees who use these technologies, yada, yada, yada. The other way that we found success with is using something like LiveRamp, which is a data aggregator. It's a third-party tool. They have data from Dun & Bradstreet, Bambora, all these big. Did you say the, cool was, uh, the tool was called? LiveRamp. Lyra? Yes. So they have their own identity graph, which means that they have their own identifiers for identifying Laura across different platforms. But they also have a data marketplace where you can go and buy data. And you can say, I'm trying to reach B2B decision makers who use, I don't know, who are I use Salesforce, for example. And you can find that audience on uh, on LiveRamp. And then that hashes the audience and pushes it into LinkedIn. Now, one thing to keep on LinkedIn is that once you create a custom audience, it actually tells you what, what the match rate is and what companies matched and what companies didn't match. Mm -hmm. So you can actually go in and see, okay, these are my companies that matched on my custom audience. These companies didn't match. Let me try and re-upload them or like find some better data points. But the main identifier is if you have the LinkedIn company URL, then you will probably get like a 90% match rate on that. Okay, very interesting. All right, and now you've got your target audience. How do you get them to become your leads? It could be we'll need to talk a little bit about the monetization <laughs> and then <laughs> the capture part, but walk me through that. So our philosophy is always start with the bottom of the funnel because you have, uh, suppose you have a market of 100 companies, 10% of them or 10 companies are already in market looking for your solution. And the thing with in-market, out-of-market is it's not a clear distinction. Like you as a marketer don't know who's in market and who's not in market. Like you just don't know. They might be having conversations. You can talk, we can talk about intent data and what I think about that. But so we always start with the bottom of the funnel. You want to maximize that out. So you want to say, I want to get conversion campaigns, demo, whatever that is. I want them to take a certain action on the website. So you start with the bottom of the funnel. Once you start tapping that out and you're like, okay, I've been... Like my spend, my spend is going up, but my conversions aren't going up proportionally. Mm -hmm. That probably means that you've kind of tapped out that market. Then you go more mid funnel or top funnel. Then you might do video campaigns where you don't want them to take an action. You just want them to remember who you are. So you say, I want to maximize for video views. We generally don't do engagement campaigns because I just feel like they're a waste of time <laughs> money. Yeah. So engagement campaigns like, hey, somebody like likes my LinkedIn ad or something. So we don't typically do that. But the flip side is that if you do 
conversion campaigns or video campaigns or whatever have you, people who like your LinkedIn ad, you can or follow your page, you can target them again through your marketing campaigns using engage like people who engage with your ads, mm -hmm. people who visited your website. So they're more warmer than the people who might you might be targeting who have never heard about you. Yeah. The other thing is that uh, when we talk about bottom of funnel, there's like demo or sign up is one offer, but you can also have multiple offers like schedule a consultation, take a quiz, take an assessment, calculate your ROI, I don't know, like stuff like that. So it doesn't have to be just like talk to sales. It could be like, hey, we have this beautiful ROI calculator. Why don't you come in, put in your information and we'll tell you what the expected ROI mm -hmm. of our solution is. Mm -hmm. And when I say ROI, I don't mean those Gartner studies that say 300 percent ROI. <laughs> I mean that's a bit far-fetched but you can make make something realistic that kind of takes certain inputs and gives you a certain output and that also gives you an idea of what your market is trying to looking for. Yeah and now in this part as well how much do you leverage the branding voice and then the normal voice as if people would be talking in in those types of ads because there must be a difference of how what kind of language you use. Yes. So on the brand voice, you're just trying to talk about more about the problem. So you're not talking about yourself. You're just trying to frame the problem. Mm -hmm. You're just saying 90% of companies struggle with this problem. And like you're trying to get them to acknowledge that they have a problem. But when we talk about conversion campaigns, you're more focused on saying this, we are the best solution for that problem. So we help you solve X, Y, Z. And you're talking more about the company. Now, one interesting thing is that LinkedIn recently rolled out thought leadership ads. I hate that word, but you can basically take someone's personal profile and promote that as an ad. So like if Laura put something on the dream data page, I can, as a dream data ads manager on LinkedIn, I can take Laura's post and promote that as an ad advertising, which is insanely good. And it's insanely effective. You see like insane amount of CTR and conversion on that because people are obviously are more receptive to people that they know and human faces and all that stuff. So you could, you could leverage that quite a bit. The other thing that to think about is like, when we say mid funnel, I know this gets a bad rep, but like you can use gated content, you can use webinars, you can use like other assets. It doesn't have to be like one specific type of thing. Uh -huh. The thing with gated content is I know it gets a bad rep. People are going to yell at me for this, but you just, you gotta, if it's good content, it's worth paying for with an email address. The problem is not the gating itself the problem is that people write shitty content so that's my point of view on that and with gated content you're treating it as first party intent so you're saying this person is interested in this problem area because this white paper or this ebook or this pdf was about this problem area in general yeah you're not saying that this person is ready to talk to sales right now and you should hammer them with sales calls but you're trying to build a relationship with them over the next you know longer term yeah, get them to come over to you or at least to convert. When they're ready. When yeah. they're ready. And you're trying to stay top of mind, right? Like at the end of the day, you want to be one of those two, three solutions that they think of when they think of your category. So like yeah. they think of attribution, they think of dream data. They think of B2B agencies, they think of 42. Yeah. And that's a little bit to the same point where we've got a question from Jatin on the chat right now. What are the major differences when you go for brand awareness and lead gen? I think KPIs. One major difference is uh, for lead gen, I want to be seeing cost per lead within a certain amount. For brand awareness, I'm looking more for frequency and click-through rates and just how many or video views or how many, what percentage of audience is watching 50% plus of my video. So how much is that resonating? 
Okay. Now the interesting, other interesting thing is LinkedIn has these aided and unaided, unaided awareness surveys that you can run if you have a certain amount of life lifetime spend. I think it's like ninety to one hundred thousand dollars in lifetime spend. LinkedIn actually run a survey to your audience saying, when you think of attribution software, what are the top three software vendors you think of? Have you heard of Dream Data before? Do you recall seeing an ad for Dream Data? So you can sort of measure your brand awareness campaign that way. And that gives you a very objective lift on these people never saw a dream data ad and these people actually saw a dream data ad. What is the delta between the recall of people remembered dream data? And that's in essence what a brand awareness campaign is supposed to do. You can always hack your way and like run your own surveys, but your LinkedIn gives you that ability to segment it by people who saw the ad, people who didn't see the ad. So you can actually get a true delta on that. And then when you're running brand awareness ad, your messaging, your creative, your copy is very different than when you're running real generation ads. So you're on brand awareness ads, you're framing the problem, you maybe have some different kind of creative, maybe you're not so strictly tying that back to your company. You're just trying to frame the problem. Yeah. On lead generation, you want them to take a direct action. You want them to fill out a form, sign up for a trial, do something. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 To pay take with an email or tell you that they are ready to talk with sales nobody wants to talk with sales <laughs> nobody <laughs> they have to talk with sales yeah. to like get this purchase <laughs> nevertheless <laughs> all right so let's talk about the roi now you did your target audience you figured out what kind of ads you want to do so help me out understanding where should people not waste money or where should they definitely put money for the back so you have to measure roi through your crm i'm looking at top of funnel, I'm getting a certain percentage of conversions on my campaigns, but what percentage of those are turning into marketing qualified leads, opportunities, SQLs, all that stuff. That's where the offline conversion piece comes into play. If you're using HubSpot, then HubSpot has a very nice native integration with LinkedIn that can track offline conversion data. What that means is the action happens afterwards. The action happens, you're tracking an action that happens post form submit. So they've submitted the form of some sort or they sign up for a trial. And then there's certain actions that happen in the CRM, like they get qualified, markets qualified or whatever. You can send that data back to LinkedIn and say, of these leads that you generated on this over here, this, this percentage turned into opportunities, give me more of those. Now, keep in mind with most of these ad platforms, including LinkedIn, you don't want to be changing too many things all at once. You want to give it time to learn the system. You want to give it data that you can use as a feedback loop, but it's a bad idea to go in every week and change targeting and change campaigns and change everything. You have to give it some time to learn what works for you. Mm -hmm. And then you have to look at out of this spend on LinkedIn, how many qualified opportunities did I get? You can do a CAC calculation, which includes fixed costs like salaries and tools and all that stuff, or you can do return on ad spend. I spent $100,000 on LinkedIn. I generated 200,000 in qualified opportunities and closed one, that's very clear right for you. Yeah. But also keep in mind that the, when we, we've seen this with a lot of our customers, when we run ads, it also creates a lift on direct, organic, all the other channels. Yeah. So we've seen very clear examples where we have a certain baseline when we're not running ads and we start running ads, our organic, direct, everything else sort, sort of goes up in tandem. So it's not a very, like they clicked on an ad and they converted. It could be, they saw the ad, they came to Google, they looked for your name. Like it's a very mess. Like it's not a direct line of, yeah. you know, whatever. And this is where we do stuff like marketing mixed modeling for some of our clients where we say, okay, 
let's correlate LinkedIn spend to qualified opportunities and see if there's a co statistical correlation between when you spend more on LinkedIn, we get more qualified opportunities over a long enough time period. So typically 12 months, we're looking at 12 months of data. All right. And 12 months of data, how would you optimize your spend if the timeline is so long? So yeah. when do you start to optimize the ads? You sort of do look at 12 months of data and then you plan for the next 12 months. So it's not on a day to day basis. You might be using a tool or like a quarter to quarter basis. You might be using a tool like Dream Data to optimize for like immediate spend. Like, is this reading to ROI? But then when you're looking at it over 12 months, you're saying, okay, out of everything that I'm doing in this universe of marketing, my offline, my billboards, my trucks, my events, my online ads, how does that impact and trend with time? to my opportunities generated. And then you can make some decision on, okay, over the last 12 months, I've spent this much on LinkedIn, but the correlation to qualified opportunities is pretty low. I'm not going to run LinkedIn. Understand. Yeah. So it's a more bigger time frame. So you're looking at a, because if you only look at three months of data, it's not enough to do statistical analysis. You need enough data to be able to predictably say that this thing works or doesn't work. Yeah. And I think it rolls into the question that we just got from YouTube. So. We work with a niche market and a lot of time we get a warning from LinkedIn ads on our audience being below 50K. How do you attack that kind of issue? What do you do to optimize? Ignore the warning because LinkedIn wants you to make bigger audiences. It can work with the below 50K audience. I would say if it's under 10,000 uh, users, then maybe avoid the direct response ads like lead general web conversions and focus more on awareness and web visits. And then we market to those people on some other channel like Facebook or Google ads or something like that. So LinkedIn doesn't, it can drive conversions. Absolutely. But if it's less than 10,000 people, it's very hard. It's not economical at that point. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. If it's between 25 and I'm just like off the ball, off the top of my head, if it's like between 30 and 50 K you can drive LinkedIn, like you can see some conversions off of it, but keep in mind that you don't want to be like, hammering a 50k audience with the same campaign over and over and over and over again so you want to diversify so we have this concept of that marketers like to think about like very neatly tofu bofu mofu like we are oh these people are top of funnel but like your prospects might be at any given time in any of those stages so you want to have what we call full coverage across the funnel so you want to have ads running currently or like that at the same time for like hey this is top of funnel ad hey this is my middle of the funnel offer hey this is my bottom of the funnel offer yeah. You're not trying to run them sequentially. We typically say, let's run them, see what people engage with most. So yeah. if it's a 50K audience, 1% of them might engage with the bottom of the funnel ad, but like 30% might engage with the top of funnel ad. Right. That's not a bad thing because they're still, you, one, you're adding them to your remarketing list. Two, they're still seeing your brand and you might reconvert them through, like they might come through organic, they might come through remarketing on Facebook. They might come through like something. Yeah, multi-touch. <laughs> multi-touch. Yeah, <laughs> multi-threading. Like in sales, we say multi-threading. No. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm in sales now. So. <laughs> and there's the next question about the industries that are so broad. So Jatin is talking about consultancy, but you're in a similar bucket as well. You're an agency. Yeah. So how do you yeah. do ads? So we don't do lead generation for ourselves because I have this fundamental theory that when people buy software, they're buying the software product. And it's a more transaction sale, but when people buy services, you're working with people. So it's mm -hmm. more about the relationship and trust building. I wouldn't run lead generation ads for consultancies. I would run more thought leadership ads, write good content, make a list of companies that would you want to sell to, 
get that content in front of them. So you build trust with them over time versus trying to get them to like fill out a form and talk to sales right away. Because with agency consulting businesses, it's a 12 month relationship. You're working with the people day to day. You're going to see my face. If we were to work together, you would see my face every day. If you don't like me, the relationship's not going to work. But if I don't like the product, the engineers can fix the product and debug it. And that's fine because you're talking, you're, you're not working with people, you're working with a software product. So yeah. I think the dynamic is a little bit different in that case. Yeah. How about some other more creative ads as well that recently we have seen popping up like conversation ads? Have you tried those? Yes. yes. So I think conversation ads are great. Uh, we've seen some success previously with conversation ads with an incentive for like a hundred dollar gift card. But keep in mind that adds to your cost per acquisition. Also, with the recent changes on the LinkedIn inbox, conversation ads end up in your other inbox. Mm. So they don't get as many eyeballs. So you have to have a very strong subject line. Ideally, you're sending them from somebody that your target market already knows. So if I was running conversation ads for Dream Data, I would use Laura as an example because Laura, everybody knows Laura. So Stefan does this. <laughs> <laughs> Versus like the CEO or the CMO who's like more in the background. Plus, uh, we've, what we've seen with LinkedIn, we're working with a company uh, that's more on the ABM side. So we have a list of target accounts that we're going after. <clears throat> we use the account or account executives picture and name and stuff, everything in the ad. So it's more like a, hey, Laura wants to talk to you about your attribution problems at XYZ company. Yeah. So yeah. it humanizes the brand more versus being like, you know, abstract illustration, whatever. It's more humanizing the brand. It's also interesting with LinkedIn that you can do, we're working with a company called Databox right now, and they have this really interesting playbook of using surveys for prospecting. Like you can leverage it in different ways. You can run surveys on there. You can run like, essentially, I think marketing is about building relationships with your prospects and being at the right place at the right time. So, and then like videos, quizzes, animations, you can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And now you're moving into the creative part as well. And I know how good you guys are at the creative piece too. So how much creativity do you push in? Like some of the people would think, oh, our brand is like this, like that. And we don't want to go out of any boxes at all. But how do you push in some creatives into the ads? So we like to push the envelope wherever we can because we feel like on paid media on linkedin or whatever you can expand your brand just a little bit it doesn't have to play safe plus on linkedin imagine it's you versus banks and other b2b companies and i don't know cereal boxes and cars and volvo and like you, you're getting hammered by all these different kinds of ads by all these different kind of brands and as a person, I'm not just a B2B buyer. I'm also in a market for maybe a new electric car. Maybe I'm also in market for a new bank account. Maybe I'm also, so you have to stand out from everything in that feed. And also, I think, I just want to say this piece really quick because I think brand plays an important part because brand makes your paid media demand gen acquisition channels more efficient over time you're more likely to click on an ad from a brand that you've heard of before. You're like, oh yeah, Dream Data, I've heard of them. Let me go check them out versus like Dream Data, who the fuck are they? Sorry, for swearing. <laughs> As you build awareness and you get mindshare within your target audience, they're more likely to get more efficiencies on the paid media and the organic search and all that other stuff on the acquisition side because people are more likely to engage with the brand they know versus the brand they don't know. Yeah, like and eyeballs and people get connected more or less 
emotionally connected with a brand because they have seen people posting something, a conversation yes. ad pop up, and then, oh, this is creative. This is a pretty yeah. picture or whatever it is. It's It definitely gets many more eyeballs. All right. So we are going to wrap this up. Thank you. We hope you like listening to us. Subscribe to our podcast and the ones that we have been guests on. And if you have any feedback for us, uh, just do let us know. And should there be a guest that you think we should be talking to, then like pitch us. We're looking forward to seeing you.